Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad that, that you are with us. Sorry, it's a little, we've had a little bit of giggles this morning, just uh, laughing and having a good time. Uh, but seriously, <clears throat> thank you for joining us on the podcast today, coming to our table where there is no agenda, only Jesus. We uh, want to just give you a quick reminder, make sure that uh, you go to our Facebook page. That way you can follow, um, follow what we're doing, uh, see what updates we have as far as you know, if you're curious, if we're playing, uh, leading worship somewhere or something like that, or just want to know, um, episode stuff on what we're doing next. Um, also please like give us any ideas that you may have for episode ideas. Um, we have a lot of stuff that we know, like we're passionate about, but we would love to discuss things that you guys are passionate about as well. So it's really exciting. Uh, use the hashtag our table podcast, hashtag no agenda, only Jesus. And, um, hashtag Courtney's awesome. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. You can find all of the, um, episode links in our link tree in our Facebook bio. So funnel everything through Facebook. It'll just be easiest for you. Uh, so yeah, today's going to be a really good day. I'm excited about the topic today. Yeah, so. today's going to be good. Uh, so today we're going to share a little bit more testimonial, um, not so topic based, but today we're just going to kind of share part of our story. Um, and honestly, a lot of it is part of, it's a little, it's a lot of me of like my my personal breakthrough, but, um, obviously Kenneth was a part of it just from being married and we both experienced it. So, um, today we're going to share our story from infertility to breakthrough and, um, and the breakthrough isn't what, you know, you would expect as far mm -hmm. as at what point that the breakthrough happened. So I'm really excited to share that with y'all. Um, I, I, I just really feel like it's, it's important to share it. Um, I, I know for, for some reason, I feel like there's a lot of people that experience infertility today. Yeah. Like I, more than, more than we ever realized. Yes. I feel know? like it's very common. And at, you know, at some point it seemed like the, it was, it was happening with certain people that were, were diagnosed with something, or maybe it, um, was something that their mom struggled and their grandma and this, that, the other, but now it's just random. Like some people have no idea. There's no, no diagnosis, which I can't even imagine. I'm sure mm. that feels, um, very hopeless and, and difficult, but we're here to share our story today and hopefully it'll encourage you and bring some light to, um, the, what you're experiencing right now. So exactly. Yeah. And so what we want to do is, um, you know, we really want to speak life over you, especially we know that, that this is probably going to hit home with a lot of the, the mothers to be. And so, right. uh, before we, <clears throat> excuse me, before we got, um, we got into today and we were discussing, you know, just the outline of, of this episode and, and things that we want to make sure we talked about. Uh, we discussed, we really want to make sure and speak life over you and saying that we're not going to refer to you as the ones dealing with infertility, but you mothers to be. Um, and we're going to, it'll give more context to that. And in our testimony is why that's so important on speaking life over ourselves. So we're going to speak that over you today. Um, and Absolutely. so we, we really hope that you're going to be encouraged by this. And, um, we have, we have individuals that we're praying for right now who don't even know that we're praying for them. Mm -hmm. Um, because we just feel the Lord is really saying like, this is a year of joy for them and a year of breakthrough and getting pregnant. And so, so yeah, so this is going to be, um, a really great episode. Uh, we're going to break a lot of the lies off of you today. Um, or, or more so the Lord's going to break the lies. We're just going to help the Lord expose it and, uh, call it for what it is. And so we're going to do that by sharing the testimony which is a lot of Courtney's story. Um, and it's just going to be really good. We're going to share some stuff from our journals today on just some prayers that we've written and, uh, in the past, uh, in the past, yeah, a few years ago. So 
it'll be great. So Courtney, why don't you just kind of, I guess, give a quick, um, just kind of like synopsis of your testimony. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be quick, but, um, yeah. I'll, so let me just start out by saying like, I've always wanted to be a mom. I've always, I've always kind of like felt that calling. It's interesting. I actually found, um, well, my mom actually found something a few months ago whenever she was looking for some pictures and stuff. Um, something I made like an elementary school and it was like what I was going to be whenever I, I grow up. And, uh, one of them was a mom and I, I drew a picture of me. I think I had like three kids or something in the picture. And, mm. um, I just always wanted to be a mom. I've always, I've always had like a mothering, um, nature. I've always, um, I've always loved caring for kids. Not always the most patient, but I've always wanted to be a mom. Um, and so I was, you know, I had in my head, okay, I'm going to have my first kid at this age and this age and how many I wanted to have. And I want to, you know, here are their names and how many boys and girls and blah, 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 blah. And um, so Kenneth and I, we got engaged in 2015. And um, around that time, I was just having um, some some medical issues. And, you know, I went, I went to see a doctor and she told me that, or she diagnosed me with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And, um, my whole world just kind of came crashing down a bit because I'm thinking in my head, I'm engaged to this man who I'm going to marry, you know, in like eight months or so. And I, what if I can't provide him children? Because that's what PCOS is. I mean, it can cause infertility and, um, irregular cycles for women and, you know, just like weight gain mm. and, um, hormone imbalance. It's just no fun. Well, and, and real quick, even like, I think maybe the year before that leading up to it, like the enemy just had, I think you just had an attack on your life because you began struggling with anxiety, which, oh my gosh, which this yes. did not help that. Um, right. and we, we won't as much get into that today, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah. But just to know, like there was an, an attack from the enemy an assignment that he had to like from the get go to prevent Courtney, um, from getting pregnant. And, uh, so yeah, so anxiety played a part into that. And right. anyways, so, right. So, um, Side note, I, I did later find out, and I'll mention this, that I was misdiagnosed with PCOS, but it, I mean, it was, it was very easy since I did show some of the symptoms. I understand why the doctor diagnosed me with it. But, um, anyway, um, also side note, I've always wanted to be a mom and have my own kids, but I also, I had a heart for adoption. I just, mm. Yeah. I, th I remember mentioning that to Kenneth, like, and I even thought in my head, okay, I'm going to have three kids of my own and adopt a kid or I'm going to, you know, this, that, the other. And so anyway, just kind of keep that in the back of your mind too. So, um, really, really struggled. And whenever we got married, we're just like, from the get go, we're like, we're just going to try to have kids mm -hmm. and did not happen. We tried for for at the, at the time for two years and then we had decided, okay, we do have a heart for adoption. Maybe we should look into adoption. So at, at like the beginning of 2018, um, we started looking um, into like foster care and adoption. We just, we really had a heart for foster care after we went to a, um, it was uh, like an info meeting. Yeah. Or an info meeting. Cause at first we're like, Nope, straight adoption. Anyway. So we signed up to train for, um, something called foster to adopt. And so we went through the trainings of that too, but, and we were really excited, but I just had this like hurt in my heart that like, I couldn't do what my body was supposed to do. I couldn't mm. create life. I couldn't 
provide, you know, and I know Kenneth didn't care, but I couldn't provide my husband with a child that is part of him and part of me. And so it was, it was very, very, very difficult and not to mention, and I don't, I mean, no, I'm not, I, I am going to say this cause it's important. We're not gonna talk about this the whole episode, but very, very hard to hear people having abortions, people mm. um, throwing their children in dumpsters, people throwing away life with their ch- life period. And here I am and I can't even, mm. I feel like I can't even make life. You know what I mean? Mm. And I struggled with that so much. And there's there's so much more on on the subject of abortion and maybe someday we'll speak about that. Yeah. You know, That's I, something that we're like, we were very passionate about and we were always, it's always been like a value of ours to like be right. pro-life and pro-Jesus, like just right. loving the Lord and, and his creation. But um, I'm telling you, I think the, the struggle through infertility really heightened our value for life. Right. And, and it, well, was, and it really, it really makes you more aware on a personal level. It's right. like um, someone who is experiencing like, racism they have a heart more for speaking mm-hmm. up about racism you know yeah. somebody who's experiencing um abuse has more of a heart to speak up about abuse you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so us experiencing not being able to have a child at the time really made us speak up for life and for and, and fighting for for the rights of every human life really you know yeah. so um anyway i don't i don't want to spend too much time on that i just want to make our heart on that very clear and speak up about that but um so our our journey well we did the training for foster care i'm sorry my brain is like all jumbled a no, little bit good. because i'm trying to like process this because it's one of those it's like it i i remember it but the goodness of the Lord has also helped me not remember it. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like, he's, or his, or his goodness outshined. He's given you new memories. Right. Exactly. Of, of like I think, and you'll see this whenever we continue to share of how back then really all that we could see, the thing that was most illuminated <clears throat> was the situation, our condition. And it was a journey into seeing the goodness of God. Right. Um, which <clears throat> there was quite a few songs, you know, that have come out of that. Y'all heard a few weeks ago, like Psalm 23 mm-hmm. was written in the same year that, um, in, season, in the same yeah. season of life that we were yeah. struggling to get pregnant and that bridge of hallelujah, you are good. Mm-hmm. Um, so resonated. And, uh, you know, there were other songs that we wrote on that too. So, so yeah, it was, you, you will start to see as we continue to share how it's hard for us to remember because we just, we so much see his goodness now and our, I think our hearts and our minds are almost have been trained and shaped in a way that for any situation that comes up now, we're constantly asking, Lord, where's your goodness in this instead of, oh, woe is me sort of thing. And yeah, and not downing you if you're doing that because we understand, you know. Right. But that's that's part of the breakthrough is, yeah. is now like choosing to find the goodness of God. And and uh, <laughs> I'm just remembering a prophetic dream I had of someone telling me to fight for the goodness of God. Mm. And anyway, uh, we'll share prophetic dreams maybe one day. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about you guys. So. But um, anyway, okay. So rewind. We we are back now to, uh, we're in 2018. We just completed our foster care training. Me, we just got certified. Me and Kenneth went on vacation. Um, actually, I'm so sorry. I actually, in May... <laughs> 
I'm telling y'all. In May um, of 2018, I started experiencing a lot of pain and bleeding while I was at work. And um, I called my OB at the time and they pretty much told me like to not, it's not a big deal. And, um, I was like, am I having a miscarriage? Cause this is weird. And they're like, well, were you pregnant? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I was told I wasn't going to get pregnant, but this feels weird. And a lot of people are telling me it could be a miscarriage. So anyway, I, I then contacted another doctor who some of my coworkers told me to contact and I met with him the next day. And he was like, I don't know if you had a miscarriage or not, but after talking to you and doing some evaluation, I think you were misdiagnosed. I don't think you have PCOS. You have endometriosis and I want to do surgery to clear all that out. And, um, I want you to be on your way to get pregnant. And so I was just kind of like, again, mind blown because I'm like, now I see the light at the end of a tunnel, but also I've, I've been in such this, this deep, dark kind of like, like depression in a way Mm -hmm. that I'm also like, I see the light, but the lies of the enemy in my head now are like, now I don't see the light. It's, it's diminishing again. Yeah. And so anyway, I went ahead and went through with the surgery and right, right before the surgery, he, the, the doctor came in and talked to me and he, he's like, you know, are you ready for this? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, let's just get it done with. And mm-hmm. he said, six months time, you'll be pregnant within six months. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, I've been told that before we'll see. And, um, so went into surgery, everything worked out fine. You know, he actually said that he removed a lot more than he knew was there. Um, I had a, like a cyst, a huge cyst and just lots of, um, stuff that had to be cleared out from endometriosis. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, then we were certified for foster care, went on vacation. We came back and like, the day we came back to work, I get a call from the agency, the foster care agency saying, we have two kids for you. And it was a two month old and a 15 month old and they were siblings. Which real quick, we, just to give you a little context (laughs) into what we were prepared for and had signed up for, we, cause we had said, you know, we would be ready to take, um, one child (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) and they also told us, in our training, they're like, it is so rare. Like, we're going to tell you all something, but it is so rare that this happens of emergency placements of where, you know, we call you and then within like 30 minutes to an hour or two, you, we have to place these kids with, with the family. That is so rare to happen. It can, but rare. And so we're like, Oh, it'll never happen. And so they call us with two children and like, we have to bring them in two hours pretty much. Mm-hmm. I'm at work freaking out. And like that, that day, oh, ev- everything just went chaotic at work. All literally I was working at a bank and all the systems bank wide shut down. And I'm the manager of one of our primary locations. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, and then Courtney calls me like, Kenneth, uh, we have two kids. I'm like, what? I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> what is going on? And I'm just like, how I, how am I going to fix the chaos at work and yeah. then go home to be with my my foster family and, and mm-hmm. my wife and stuff and um so yeah that day whoo whirlwind of like yeah crazy crazy yeah so yeah I'm I'm very thankful I had such a good support system that day because I was kind of it was kind of crazy for me and um I'm very thankful for the flexibility at my job and everything that I had to be able to go home but um I pretty much after they told us placement went home um. I got ready what I could at the house. We only had one crib. Mm-hmm. And um, I think 
someone had a pack and play that they let us borrow or something for the other kid. But um, anyway, so we, we were able to get at least sleeping arrangements taken care of. And then like the next day, your dad and Rachel come over with like all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. Like they went to kid to kid and they bought like a swing. Oh, they bought shelves. They yeah. bought clothes. Oh, they, yes. they bought us like all the stuff yeah. and came over and started like unpacking everything for us, setting everything up while we're trying to adjust to this like yeah. new reality. And uh, it may not have been the next day, but it was it was very it was very quickly after because we had needs. <laughs> well, because they they literally only came with the clothes on their back, and I yeah. think maybe one other outfit because they they were in the hospital, so I think maybe they did have an yeah. outfit. But anyway, that's kind of irrelevant. But um, but yeah, it was it was really really crazy. And so you know, immediately we fell in love with these kids. I mean, like mm. w- within a week, we were already like crying of like how much we love them. Oh, <laughs> it, like, it, it was like a few days for me. Yeah, it was. It was just, it, yeah. it was really cool just how, how awesome they fit with us. And of course now, like my heart is so happy. Cause I'm just like this void that I had felt of being a mom. It's like, I'm, I'm a mom, even though I didn't birth these kids, like I feel like they're my kids. And, uh, our, our CPS worker told us very, very quickly, this is probably going to end up in adoption. I don't think they're going to go home to their parents and there's no other family members that have come forward and we don't expect any to. So me and Kenneth are like, this is like the Lord answering our prayers. This is how we're starting our family. And so we're like, man, we went from zero to two Mm. kids like so fast. And like, we were just overjoyed, like overflowing with joy. Like we, we felt like, you know, for us, like adoption, uh, if you remember, we, it, it was never like, um, like we're going to settle. Uh, well, we, well right. we can't get pregnant. So now we're just going to settle for adoption. Like there right. was so much joy we had and like, because it was something we always wanted to do. We just never really thought that it would be that soon. It would be the well, first we, thing we, we always did. thought that we'd have our own kids first and then adopt. Right. Yeah. And so like <clears throat> the Lord really just like, he like crushed the box of our perspective and was like, Nope, I'm going to do this instead. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, a lot there was so much development in that time for for our perspectives but also like spiritually it it was it was the one of the best times of our lives but it was like one of the hardest times of our lives too like emotionally spiritually talk about trying to hear the lord's voice and and like not really Shoot, trying to find time to spend with the lord because you yeah. go from zero zero kids to two yeah. that are that have special needs right. that have places they have to be they have to go to the doctor if they bump their head mm-hmm. and we had to go all the way to cooks in fort worth like it wasn't a simple i mean you know you had taken to visitations you were busy mm-hmm. at your job you were you know you didn't have the flexibility yeah. you know and so um anyway yeah it was it it, it was a whirlwind but about a month month to like a month and a half into that do you want to read something oh. no um there was they the cps worker asked me to be on a call with the family so they were all meeting to basically see like how the parents can get the kids back mm-hmm. and on this call um it was mentioned that they would move in with their grandparents if this plan worked. And this was the first time I had heard of this and I had to put the phone on mute and I, cause I'm by myself. I was at work. I went into a conference room and I just start bawling. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, Whoa, hold on. We thought we were having a family. Yeah. And we then, thought this was our chance. Right. Yeah. And so, but you know, it's also like that, that feeling. Cause you know, they, in your trainings, they teach you like 
the main objective of foster care is reunification with their family. And it's like, my heart knew that so bad. And I, I wanted, I really do want that redemption and restoration. Like that is so kingdom, but the selfish part of me, which was most of me at that time, like my heart was broken because it was just like, I thought this was going to be my family. You know, Mm. I thought I can finally have kids. And, um, so anyway, I kind of went back into that, that depressive mode again, because I was just waiting for them to leave basically. And they ended up with us like another two months after that. But it was always, I was always waiting, expecting a call like, Hey, we're going to come pick them up tomorrow, you know, Mm. say goodbye or whatever. And I was just, it was so hard. And then it, it brought back those feelings of, you can't have kids, Courtney. Like, Mm. how, how are you going to have a family? How are you going to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. And like there, I think that's really whenever I entered into probably the state where I was most depressed from it. I was most affected. And it was because there were so many emotions in it because now it's not only am I remembering that I can't have kids, but now I'm losing the two kids that I was given, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it was so, so, so hard. And I know there were times where Kenneth would come home and I would just be crying. He's like, what's wrong? And, you know, I'm like, same crap, mm-hmm. <laughs> same crap, different day. And I'd cry all over again. And it was just, I could not get myself out of it. And um, do you want to add anything? Because I'm, I'm about to move forward a little bit past the foster care. But- well, no, I, I what I'll say from from my perspective of so with Courtney wanting her desire to be to be pregnant and and have a family and this was something I I was learning more and more as time went on was how how um women are so passionate Mm -hmm. like once there is an ounce of desire to be a mother a mother that that outweighs any desire that you could ever mm. possibly have for yourself for any job, anything like, um, you know, financially, whatever the desire of, of a woman to be a mother is just so, 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 um, they're so passionate. And for me, it was like, it was very hard for me to understand, um, as, as Courtney's husband, like, I didn't go through the same emotions because I'm not, I'm not the one necessarily having the struggle. It was hard for me to see Courtney struggle. I mean, that, that, that was difficult, but whenever, um, I was, I grew very close to our, our foster. I mean, we both did to our foster kids. And, um, I remember, you know, just the disappointment of like, well, fi- finding out, you know, they'll be with you for a long time. Well, you'll probably adopt them. And then like, well, you're probably not going to. Mm-hmm. And then, it looks like they'll, you'll probably have them for a year. Oh, well now you're only going to have them for four months. And then no, now it's actually going to be just a little bit shorter than that. And I'm like, what the heck? Like what is happening? And it was just, Your all my world expect- comes crashing yeah. down again. And I remember, man, the, the day of, uh, we had such a good support system with, with our families, um, with our church and everyone just really gathered around us to love on us during that time. Uh, but I remember Courtney telling me, cause I was broken up. I mean, so broken whenever um we had to put put them in the car for them to go and uh and Courtney we had talked about a few days later and she said Kenneth I think the the hurt that you're experiencing now of 
desiring to have them back is you're finally beginning to understand what I've been struggling with, with infertility of my desire to get pregnant. And, um, I'm like, Oh, you've been going, you've been going through this for two, two years, you know? And, uh, that, that was so difficult. And, um, so yeah, so, but there's, there's joy that comes in this story. So, right. So there's a lot more. Yeah. Well, and so even as I, I remember the Lord starts placing little seeds of, well, little more than seeds, little flowers, if you will. You know, I, Sheila, our, um, kind of spiritual mother texted me the other day about this, this devotion talking about, um, how the Lord, he places little flowers for us to pick up throughout the day that we may not even notice. And by the end of the day, we have a bouquet of flowers. And a lot of times we don't notice that. And so I think that the, the Lord through this journey was placing little flowers for me to pick up so I could see his goodness and fullness and abundance at the end of it. But me and Kenneth were on my way or on our way to my parents' house one day. And, um, I just shared this with him again last night cause he didn't, he forgot about it. Well, he doesn't even remember it to be honest, yeah, I don't. but we were in the car and we, we had, um, our foster kids in the back and we already knew that they were going to be leaving soon. And I just started crying, just looked out the window and started crying. And he's like, what's wrong? And again, I'm like, same stuff, you know, like I just can't get out of my head. And he, um, it felt like, cause it's not far to my parents' house, but it felt like a much longer drive because it was the Lord ministering to me through Kenneth. But I remember he just looked at me and said, you need to find joy in the journey, Courtney. You have to find joy in the Lord or you're going to be stuck. And I was just like, at first I was like, how dare you say like, Mm. I'm going to be stuck, you know? But that lasted like two seconds. And then I was just, I broke down again because I'm like, he's so right. Like, where, where is my motive coming from? Where's my joy coming from? Because obviously it's not coming from anything else around me right now. So if I don't do something, I'm going to be stuck and fall deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole that I will never get out of, I feel like. And, you know, it's just like, it's just like anything else, any kind of depression, anxiety, addiction, you know, you just fall further and further into this hole. And until you do something and make the change to move forward, you're going to, you're going to keep continuing to go down further and further. And so I, um, I, I think that was my turning point. I think Mm -hmm. instead of me continuing to go down the hole, I think I like turned, you know, and was like, okay, I'm going to dig myself up. Like I'm getting out of this. And so, um, it wasn't easy and I still had rough days. I still cried. Don't get me wrong. But that, that was the thing that stuck with me. Find joy in the journey, find joy Mm -hmm. in the journey. And so, um, you know, time went on and a few weeks later, um, we, they had our foster kids left and went to go live with their grandparents and, uh, it was difficult. It was hard. You know, we, a lot of it's just cause it was quiet again. It was quiet Mm -hmm. in our house. We didn't have movies playing. We didn't have toys going off. We didn't have our house had Moana on 24 seven. Moana is a good movie. Yeah. We could not watch that movie for like a year after that. Cause we would be bawling our eyes out. (laughs) I know because it was our, our foster son loved it. But anyway, we, um, you know, we just kind of just move forward as best as we knew well, how. And, and let me say this. So just ba- backtracking a little bit, Courtney, she had gotten the surgery in May. You said, right. Mm-hmm. It was May. We got the foster, our foster kids in June, July, July. Beginning okay. Of July. Okay. The doctor said that you, he gave us like such a heightened assurance of saying, you know, you'll be pregnant within six months. 
and and please understand through all this like th- there is a beauty in the miraculous healing that God can do through medicine so mm-hmm. um but there was more it wasn't just the healing of the medicine I think he was really waiting for the fruition of like a, a spiritual healing for both of us and um so that entire time you know w- once what they had told us in our foster care training was if if you get pregnant you know if you and your spouse get pregnant then um they didn't mean it rudely, but they were like, you know, we're going to hold off giving you a placement because. And we'll they, start ra- making arrangements for the placement that you already have. Right. Yeah. Right. So like we honestly were like purposely not trying mm-hmm. to, um, to get pregnant because we didn't want to lose our foster kids. And I think now, you know, we, we see like we were trying to have so much control over that situation and to, to like, how, how can we make sure that we keep them? Um, even though, you know, that, that just really wasn't the heart of the Lord. Um, he wanted the restoration to their, to their family. Um, and it'll be cool one day, like how cool it'd be like if they watch this one day, you yeah. know? So I was thinking about that earlier. So, um, but yeah, we were like purposely not trying and then, uh, fo- our foster kids leave and then, um, you know, it was kind of like back to square one. We felt like I kind of felt like a low because we lost our foster kids. And then. So now we're both low. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, but at that point, it's like, well, whatever. Lord. I mean, like, I guess we'll try to have kids again and all, all this stuff. So in a good place, but in a hard place as well. Um, anyways, just want to interject that. So, yeah. So, um, you know, again, we're kind of in this place that you know kind of sucks and we're we just kind of feel like okay lord where are you like you know i feel like we've been we've been trying to do things our own like where are you and um you know uh we've we've heard some sermons like the pastor we had at the time you know he shared a sermon with us like of like the olive press and like through the crushing and the pressing that we go through like there's there's purity and there's something good that comes on the other side of it and so you know we've been holding on to that and we've just been like okay lord like there's a purpose in my pain how many times have we said that you know mm-hmm. and just in life in general everything happens for a reason you know blah 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 all the cliche things to just hold on to that small amount of hope that we can and so um i think it was october november um few weeks after maybe a week after our foster kids left anyway it was shortly after um we had a friend a church friend come um over from israel and speak with us and like with with the church not with us specifically but um, he's like born raised israel right yeah yeah. believes in jesus and all that which over there you know obviously there's not a lot of people who right practice that so right exactly and so um super awesome guy but you know he came over and he he preached and man changed my life yeah so you know we've always or we've heard the passage in mark you want to read it mark 11 24 yeah so it's, it or whatever. it's so mark 11 24 um says like it says it's Jesus talking and he's saying whatever you ask for in prayer believe you have already received it 
and it will be given to you. Something it's to that effect. Right. Yeah. So whatever yeah, you ask so for in prayer, believe already, you've already received it. Yeah. Already walk in the belief that you have received what you've asked the Lord for. And so he shared this story and I asked Kenneth if I should share it. And he said, yeah, but, um, so he, he shared this story. So of uh, this man who, um, he wanted to go home to see his family in Barbados <laughs> and, um, he didn't have the money. And he just, he wasn't able to see his family. So I think he went to like his rabbi and was like, you know, I, I'm depressed. I want to go see my family. Like, I just don't have the money. And, and his rabbi said, imagine you're in Barbados. And this man was like, what? And he was like, in your mind, you are in Barbados. And, uh, he was like, okay. And didn't quite understand it, but he was like, okay, I get what he's saying. Like, I'm in the spirit of Barbados, whatever. And then, so he went to the rabbi, he kept, he went back to the rabbi a second time and had told him, you know, I miss my family, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, wake up in the morning, step out of your front door, see Barbados, see the streets that are in Barbados that you grew up in, see, you know, the businesses, see the, um, the land or whatever is there, see your family and act like you are already there. And so he was like, but I'm not there. And the, the rabbi, and I love the way he said this. He was like, you are in Barbados. Yeah. <laughs> you are in Barbados. And then he would, he would come <laughs> back and he's mad. And he's like, I miss my family. He was the other. He goes, you don't get it. You are in yeah. Barbados. Like act like it's not, so good. it's not a, a fictional thing. It's not something that you're just like, oh, it'd be nice if I was in Barbados. No, you are in Barbados. <laughs> And right. I love the way he said it. And so um, anyway, but it's just, it's walking in what you have asked the Lord for. So he he asked the Lord to see his family. He asked the Lord to be able to go see them in Barbados. He just didn't have the money. So he finally starts walking in it. He finally starts, you know, act, act, acting like he's walking down the streets, like he's with his family. Mm. And um, soon after he gets a check in the mail from his brother and says, we miss you. We want you to come visit us in Barbados. And so, um, he went and saw him in Barbados. He was able mm -hmm. to have the money to do that. And so when you ask the Lord for something, you already walk with the authority. You already walk with the confidence that it's already yours. You know, I mean, you, of course you want to match up with the will of God, mm -hmm. but like he, he desires to give us things. Our father desires to give us things, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, not materialistic things necessarily, but like he, he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. Which if our hearts are in line with the Lord, then it's his desires too. Well, and so. I think especially on this topic of 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 being a mother, you know, it the the first um mandate in scripture is to be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> now it never gives you context of of your role in that necessarily of like uh because you know the there's there's still struggle faith wise of okay, there's like we know people who have tried many years to get pregnant and they're still not pregnant. They're like in their fifties or sixties with no kids. Mm -hmm. Um, the Lord is, is gracious enough to provide opportunities for them to, to mother children though, you know, right. to still, um, mother and father, um, children, individuals underneath them. And so, but it's one of those, we don't want to like change just because like, I think I was just talking to maybe my sister about this the other day, but like, just because it, what you prayed for didn't happen. First of all, like don't, don't stop praying, like keep mm -hmm. praying, you know, the, the persistent widow who, who was annoying the, the, the mean judge in scripture. And she was like, 
you know, kept going to him. And the mean judge eventually was, it says in scripture, he was so annoyed. He was like, just give her whatever she wants. Just as long as she just leaves me alone. Essentially, like, what if our prayers affected the enemy so much like that to where he was like, yeah, just like, golly, I can't stand it. I mean, our prayers have so much effect on the kingdom and heaven coming to earth. That's warfare. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, we want to partner in with, for sure with the mandates of scripture of being fruitful and multiplying and, um, and how that, you know, plays out practically from family to family. And so that's why we believe like the, the, the perfect will of God is he wouldn't give a mandate of scripture if, if he, if, if that was not his desire, should I say, does that make right. sense? Yeah. So, but it's still hard cause you see people struggling to get pregnant and that's where faith just has to come to play. That's where you, have to continuously remind yourself of the goodness of God over your situation, which is what we had to con- like constantly do. Um, as like, you know, the, the phrase you are good became so pivotal for us in that season and, and still is. Um, but yeah, it's that faith overcoming your situation constantly. So anyways, right. so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you know, as far as the like walking in what, you know, you've asked the Lord for believing that it's yours. Um, we began to practically put that in, into practice, you know, um, we, we already had stuff from our foster kids. So, I mean, in some ways some could say, yeah, it was easy for you to, to get ready, but you know, we got the room ready. Yeah. We got it ready for our baby and we didn't change it just cause we lost a foster kid into a guest room. We actually told the agency, we just need to take a break. Like we're heartbroken. We need to mm-hmm. take a break. And, um, they would reach out to us about placements sometimes and we're like, we just can't, you know, like I almost feel like guilty saying that now, but I rebuke that. <laughs> but it's like yeah. at the time, like that's what, that's what we need to do to heal. And so, um, you know, we got the room ready. Um, he would talk to my belly, like mm-hmm. acting like there's a baby in there. Um, and you know, it's just acting as like, you are in Barbados, <laughs> like yeah. acting like you already have the the baby there and, and the baby is, is in your house is, or in your belly. Like you are, you are awaiting their arrival. And yeah. so, um, that's kind of like how we put into practice that yeah. asking, you know, or believing what you've asked for, well, believing and, in what you pray for. And, and let me just say this too, because like, I'm, I'm just hearing the Lord speak this. <clears throat> I understand that there may be, you know, some of you listening who like, feel like, well, I don't have, I'm like, I don't have the faith. Like I've, I've tried, um, you know, Courtney and I talked before this and we're like, we understand if you've been trying for three months or you've been trying for 15 years, again, that desire to be a mother is so, is such a burning passion that, um, it doesn't matter if it's been a short time or a long time. It is just a fire that you were like, it's a, it's a, just a stirring desire of yours. And so, you know, I think, those who are struggling with faith, uh, what, what I, I just kind of hear the Lord saying, like break this to break this specific lie over you that, that you think he may be withholding the promise and, um, like, like the promise of getting pregnant, the promise of having children because you have a lack of faith. I, I, I don't really see how that lines up with scripture, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Jesus never, told someone, you, you know, you weren't healed because you didn't have faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, we have the the story of the demon possessed boy 
who the disciples tried to cast him out. They couldn't. And, you know, Jesus said this, this can only be cast out with like prayer and fasting and all this sort of stuff. So Jesus, but Jesus never condemns somebody because they don't have faith or something like that. But Jesus always rewards faith, Mm -hmm. you know? So just because you may feel like you're not exercising, you haven't been exercising faith still does not negate if the Lord has given a promise for you to be a mother, for you to be a father, um, it is just, it's, I know for lack of better words, it's just a waiting game with him. And you're going to see, obviously there's a developing that he's been, he was doing in us through this whole process, um, from 2016, um, for the next few years after that, that we, we really needed to grow. Like we did not like it. (laughs) We did not like the pressing and the crushing, the hurt, the really high expectations and being like, Oh my gosh, this is happening. And then it's not, you know, the roller coaster. But, uh, the Lord was still faithful to be like, Hey, even though right now, like you're ticked off at me, guess what? The promise still hasn't changed mm-hmm. It's and it's not going to change. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, I don't want to just keep him talking in circles, but I just want to break the lie off of you. If you think that he's, that he's like, mad at you for not having faith or, or something like that. I mean that it's, it's just not right. You know, it's, he loves you and he is like, we have to understand he desires more to give us the promises than we desire to have the promises. So, um, so yeah, I just heard the Lord speak it and I'm like, I just, I, I need to share that. So <laughs> no, absolutely. Anyways, okay, we can, did you want to share something? No, you're doing great. I'm, I'm enjoying the story. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, Kenneth began talking to my belly and, you know, we kind of, we got the room ready where, you know, again, small little flowers that the Lord is um, allowing me to pick. Right. So there's joy in the journey when Kenneth told me um, our friend from Israel coming and sharing that uh, you are in Barbados, um, getting the room ready, Kenneth speaking to my belly, you know, those are all little flowers that the Lord is, um, is giving me. And, um, you know, we also had a night of worship. This is actually not quite in the timeline right now. This was back in the summer when we had the kids and uh, received a good word from Lisa Schwartz telling me I'm walking into a new season and well, I'm stepping into a new season and she had me prophetically in the natural take a huge step forward um, to show basically like to align my spirit. This is what's happening. This is what I'm stepping into. And and I didn't see it at the time, you know, doesn't always happen overnight, but it is what the Lord was doing. I was being brought, I was breaking off, um, I was breaking off hurt. I was breaking off, um, spirit of religion. We had just went to a Bethel conference right before we got these kids. And I think we spoke about this before, maybe not, I can't remember, but, um, they had, had prophesied over women in the room struggling with infertility that, um, this would be the year that they would have a baby. This would be the year that they would get pregnant, that they yeah. would conceive. And um, all these, I'm telling you, all these little things that the Lord was giving me, like he's so good. He's so, so, so good. And um, although in my head, I'm, you know, being a little dumb thinking, well, it's just, it, I don't want to say I'm dumb. I don't want to speak that over me, but I was, I was so hurt and I was so caught up that I didn't see these things. And so anyway, um, but as we, you know, as we kind of move forward, um, you know, we kind of went through, 
um, this, this in between time of not really knowing what's next. And so anyway, one day I experienced, I was experiencing a lot of, of hurt and, um, I sat down, I want to share this with you. Um, I wrote a journal entry. I wish I could find the journal. I actually wrote it in, but I couldn't, I wrote a blog from it and I Mm -hmm. put what I wrote in my journal. So now I have this here, but, um, I'm going to work on finding that journal because I really want to know the exact date, but I know it was after the foster kids left and, um, probably in the month of November somewhere. Um, so, so this is what I wrote. And cause I, I loved writing out prayers, but I said, Lord, if suffering brings me closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. give me suffering. If waiting produces the fruit of patience, make me wait. If the trials of his life are molding me into the daughter I was intended to be, give me the difficult times. Let me find joy in the morning, hope in the waiting and love in the misunderstanding. Break me down to build me up. Brokenness is what I long for because intimacy with you is what I cling to. My desires mean nothing without you in the middle, the center of it all. And that, that was my breakthrough. It wasn't, I mean, I know most of y'all know our story that, and we'll share it and I don't want to like make the climax not so, (laughs) so big, but like we, we did end up getting pregnant, uh, finding out a little bit later, but you know, a lot of people are like, that was Courtney's breakthrough, her getting pregnant. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That wasn't my breakthrough. It was a great, it was a, it was a byproduct. I feel Mm -hmm. like of the goodness of God, but my breakthrough was telling the Lord, I do not care what I have in this world. I just want you. I want the promise giver more than I want the promise. You know, I, I want you God more than I want anything. If I never bear a child, I will find joy in you every single day. If I never have children, if this house is empty and quiet for the rest of my life, I have everything I need and more in God. And I know some of you have been there probably to where you might say those things, but I'm telling you something shifted in me to where I felt it. And the reality of it sank in to where kind of a joy erupted from it to where I was like, I wasn't stuck in depression anymore. I wasn't stuck in, um, in just this lack, you know, I felt like I had the abundance of the Lord because he loved me and he cared for me so much. And all I wanted was that relationship with him. All I wanted was intimacy with the Lord. I I didn't care. Like if it, if what it takes for getting me closer to the Lord is pain, then give it to me. Like, I just, I just want you. I just, that's, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how, what other words to say, but that's what my heart felt. And that was my breakthrough. That was my breakthrough moment. And I will never forget it. Like that is an altar in my life. And, um, I've even heard the Lord say even recently, like, I need your heart to get back to that pure place. It was, um, not that I'm anywhere near, you know, like depression, but as just as far as like that purity of just, I give you everything, God, it, it all belongs to you. I do not want anything. I just want you. And, uh, Stephanie Gritzinger, I may have mentioned this before, I'm not sure, but she, she, um, was teaching at, at Jesus image. And she said something along the lines, I don't want to quote directly because I don't have it written down, but something uh, along the lines of there's a place in love where your dreams don't matter anymore. Your desires don't matter anymore. All you want is Jesus. All you want is Jesus. And I'm like that it's so true. I don't, I don't care about my dreams of being a mom. Like I don't, whenever I'm in the presence of a Lord, 
I don't care about those things. And if, if I'm living in the presence of the Lord and desiring his, a relationship with him every single day, I don't care about those things, you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that as, as in a way of like, I just don't care anymore. I give up. No, I'm saying it as in a way of like, Lord, just give me whatever you want. Do whatever you want with me. It doesn't, it doesn't matter one way or another. I'll, I'll be happy if you put me, you know, in, in Burleson, Texas, I'll be happy if you put me, you know, in, a, in, a, in another country, I'll, I'll be happy if I have zero kids. I'll be happy if I have 15 kids. I'll be happy if I have a job or if I don't have a job, like I'm just finding my joy in the Lord. And so it all just, it all came rushing back, connecting, like finding joy in the journey, what Kenneth told me. And like, um, but but also knowing like walking forward and like I have faith in the Lord and believing that he is good and he is going to give me what my heart desires. The only difference is now my heart was desiring what the Lord was desiring. Right. Well, and you it's, know? we, what we, we began to understand in that season was the Lord is not good because of what he gives. The Lord is good because he is good. Yeah. You know? And so we really began exercising like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego kind of faith to where, you know, in that story, they were, they were thrown into the furnace and, and basically King Nebuchadnezzar was like, Hey, listen, you're either going to denounce your God and worship mine, or you're going to be thrown to this furnace. And keep in mind, like this furnace was so hot whenever his own guards would come up just next to it, they would, they would die from the heat of it, be overcome. And their response to to King Nebuchadnezzar was, surely the Lord will will save us. Um, Surely the Lord will save us from from your hand. But even if he does not, we will still not worship your God. Mm -hmm. And so it is that. He does not. He is still good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, And it's like for us, we begin to really, we actually put that on like a, some sort of board where I don't know. Mm-hmm. We just we we put it on one of those wall. letter boards. Yeah. And um, you know, it was not a cop out. It it really was coming coming back to it, it was, was coming from this place it right was here. Having our desire here at the forefront and the Lord's in the back and then shifting it to where now, Lord, you're in the front. You're who we're looking at. We still have this. This is still something we hold on to. But if this doesn't happen, we you're have you like, yeah, you're still, you're still there. You're still good. Yeah. Right. And so we were just keeping our, our eyes locked on him. And, um, and he, in the same way that he was faithful to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and showing up in the place that you would not expect to show up was in the fire in the midst of the, the most intense, potentially the most intense pain burning all this, mm-hmm. the Lord shows up. And in the same way, the Lord showed up for us at like, in a time that we just like really needed it. So yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was, um, after I wrote this journal entry, you know, like a song came out of it, which just, I've always had to try to write songs, but this one just poured out of me. And, um, there, there, there are things that came from it. And, um, anyway, so that, that all happened like in, in November and, um, we got a call on December 6, 2019 from the foster care agency saying, okay, look, we have two siblings again. They're a little bit older than your last placement. They have been in seven foster homes and they really just need a family who will adopt them. And we're like, it was one of those, it, it was very, it was, 
we know we talked about we were assured before with our other foster kids, but they were saying like the parents' rights are are terminated. Are terminated. Like this they're, is they're looking for this their is forever the, home. This is the final stop. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we're like, you know, we talked about it all day, and then I think that night we're like, okay, like I still am believing for the promise of pregnancy, but I've also told the Lord, use me however you want to do whatever you want to in my family. And so this opportunity arose, and we. Um, we messaged her that night, the foster care lady and said, okay, we will take them. We will do it. We're super excited. And so we almost like, I mean, I don't know about you. I feel like I couldn't sleep because I'm thinking like one of them was like a five-year-old and I've never had a kid that old. <laughs> I did. I yeah. never took care of kids that age. So I'm like, what do I do with this little girl? You know, like she's going to have to go to school, you know, like, oh my gosh, where is she going to go? And so I'm thinking about all these things and, um, Anyway, fast forward the next morning on December 7th, it was a Friday morning. I woke mm. up and, um, some, I just felt this, I guess, urge to take a pregnancy test. And I was like, okay, well, I know this probably is not, it's going to be negative, but for whatever reason I decided to do it. And so, um, I took the pregnancy test. It was one of the, like the digital ones. So like it really actually took the three minutes to come up. That was like the longest three minutes of my life. And, um, it was early. Yeah. Early in the morning. Keep in like, mind. <laughs> Kenneth was in the shower in the hall, in the guest bathroom. And I was yeah. in our bathroom and I took the pregnancy test. And, um, honestly, I kind of like ignored it. Like I was just getting ready as, as it was going. Cause I was a hundred percent sure it was going to be negative. And then I go look at it and it says, cause those digital ones either say pregnant or they say not pregnant. So like you could easily misread it if it's because mm -hmm. either one says pregnant, but the other one just says not. And so I looked at it and I saw the word pregnant and I like took a double take and like triple take. And I'm like, <laughs> it says pregnant. I was like, what the heck? And so I don't even I honestly I don't even know what happened right in that moment. Like what I felt. I didn't cry. I thought for sure I would cry. I did not cry. Um, I laughed, but I. So I went to the bathroom and get us in the shower and he had locked the door just out of habit. And so I went and got something and unlocked it. Cause I'm like a pro at that. And, uh, I, I busted in and I like <laughs> opened the shower curtain. And I said, look at this. And he was like, so confused. Cause he didn't know I was taking it. I, like, don't I think. was still waking up. And yeah. Like I was all, well, I don't think I told you I was taking it. Did I? No, you didn't yeah. tell me at all. And yeah. that's, I heard the door starting to rattle. I'm like, is everything okay? Like what the <laughs> heck is going on? She opens, she opens the curtain, like literally it's like, <laughs> but he's opening just like she said, look at this. And I have water in my eyes. And I'm like, I'm real confused. Like I'm naked. What are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, it's, well, this never happens. And, um, and so I clear the water from my eyes and, and, uh, I see her like, like so much joy on her face. And I see she's holding the pregnancy test and it says pregnant. And I was just like, <laughs> no way. And so like, I just hold her, I, I almost like pulled her into the shower cause I was so excited. So we just yeah. hugged there, like getting drenched in water yeah, for like I was 30 let, seconds. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome. And then, um, you know, so immediately we, we were kind of like, wait, we said we were going to take these two kids. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, maybe we're about to have three kids, you know, like maybe mm. this is what's about to happen. So, but we, we ended up messaging that, um, the foster care agency and, and 
they were the first people that we told because I didn't want because they were ready for those kids to come like yeah. that next week. And so I didn't want to get all settled with us knowing this. And so I, I told them and I said, we are still more than willing to to adopt these kids and take them. And she said, they've just been through so much. I, I don't doubt your heart in it. I just I don't want to put them in a situation to where, you know, y'all might change your minds or it may just not work out with your baby and stuff like that. And so, um, like work out the relationship yeah. with the baby and stuff. And so we're like, no, we understand. And they were um, really excited for us. So too. yeah, super, super they, excited. Cause they, they, they knew our story. They were yeah, super close. We were with one us. of the youngest couples. I think uh-huh. they probably had in either a long time or like there was, you never got, well, 23 I, year olds yeah well and i know? i think they could feel our heart in it too like we were we were all in and yeah. they they loved the foster kids and what you know how much we had helped them while they were with us yeah. and stuff and so yeah it was it was really 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 cool and so again i i always thought man whenever i see a pregnancy test positive i'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry i'm gonna ball <clears> my <throat> eyes out and for two days straight me and kenneth just laughed oh my god i mean laughed, laughed and laughed all laughed. the time because it was the weekend then like it's kind of was hard because we had to go to work yeah. that day but then the next day was saturday and like we just laughed the whole day it was just like we just couldn't couldn't contain it like we were overwhelmed with the joy of the lord yeah. and the faithfulness of the lord and it was just like i, I remember calling calling you on the way back yeah. from work one on friday and you know and fridays were my long days i had to work a little bit more hours and you know i'm driving home and i i'm like Hey, uh, <laughs> I just started laughing because it's like, I'm like, Corey, I, I can't stop laughing. I don't know why. And it was the first time that we really ever understood what it meant to be like filled with the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Like, you know, something that we had been, we had been praying for that there were so many people interceding on our behalf for, for, for those years, um, that was a desire. We'd gone through so much hurt, so much pain. And now it's like finally here. And it's, like I will never forget December seventh, twenty eighteen. Yeah. It's like, like whenever it, the anniversary of it came this uh, this past year, I was like, "Corny, it's December seventh. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's such an altar day, like mm-hmm. for oh, us. Yeah, it is. Um, so it is. Oh man, just so exciting. Yeah. Well, and it was six months since the surgery. Yeah. We, I mean, I was six, I was six weeks pregnant when we found out. So mm. really we got pregnant before. And really whenever we started doing the timeline, we really got pregnant the week after the foster kids left. And so it was just like the Lord's timing was so gracious. And when Kenneth was prophetically talking to my belly, he was actually talking to our child because I was pregnant, yeah. but we did not know. And it was just, it was the coolest thing. Uh-huh. Like it, it just coolest story. Mm-hmm. And, um, it brought us Samuel, you know, yeah. nine months later, well, more like seven months after we found out, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, we had Samuel and he's such a, a huge, huge blessing. And I, I've always known I've wanted, if I ever had a son, I was going to name him Samuel. And I even have it in a journal from like 2014. Like, thank you Lord for my future son, Samuel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's here, you know, yeah. like it's, it's just so cool. We were praying for him by name for, for those few years before mm-hmm. we even, knew we were going to be pregnant with the son or anything like that. And so, yeah. you know, what, what I can tell you just to share on me talking to your belly. Cause for me, that was, that was such a pivotal time, um, in, in that journey. But I had, I had to go drop something off at the church on this, on, on a day. And I, I, I don't remember if, if our foster kids were with us, they weren't, I don't know. They weren't with us at that point. I don't know. They weren't. They weren't. Yeah. So we had, we didn't have our foster kids. <clears throat> They'd gone back to their um, some of their family, 
And so, you know, I was there meeting my pastor, dropped something off and he began to, you know, share with me. He was like, you know, Kenneth, I've been having just a conviction of, and in, in my life of just, of not seeing Courtney pregnant. And it's, it's, uh, it's similar to Courtney's story of like, you are in Barbados, right? Like you are there, you are there, you know? And so he said, you know, Kenneth, like I, I, I've got to see her with, and it, it was cool. Cause he was explaining to me like his personal conviction of like what he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Be- this, this whole breakthrough of ours was shared with our, it wasn't just ours. It, uh, this testimony was like part of our churches mm-hmm. and so many other people. And so we, um, uh, he was sharing that with me. Like, I, I've got to see her pregnant. I got to see her with the big belly. I got to see her with the morning sickness, man, you know, all, all this stuff. And, um, and it really began to honor me. I'm like, I need to see Courtney pregnant. You know, I've, I haven't really, I've been praying for her to be pregnant, but I haven't been, how do I see Courtney pregnant? Yeah, what I haven't been I envisioning yeah. it. I have been, because I was thinking on my way home, I'm like, Lord, how, how can I practically walk this faith portion out? Like, okay, I'm going to see her pregnant. Like, let me just sit here and imagine for an hour that she's pregnant. I'm like, well, how can I put this into physical action? Like into a supernatural, a supernatural, like perspective, you know, that imagination and bring it naturally. And so I got home. And I, and I told Courtney about it and I remember we were in the kitchen and I was like, yeah, Courtney, so this is what I talked to him about. And, uh, he was sharing this with me. So, uh, I'm going to talk to your belly real quick. And I think it was kind of like, at least I got the vibe. I don't know. You can clear it up. We know, clear the record for everybody, but it felt like it was almost like a little weird or something. (laughs) And so like, I got, I got on the ground, like on my knees and I went to her belly. I'm like. Hey baby, how's it going? This is your dad speaking. Uh, I'm so excited to meet you. I can't believe that you're in there. You know, all this stuff. And again, like Courtney said, like I had no idea that I was speaking to Samuel at that time. That is the coolest, like one of the coolest things that I, I've, I've ever done in my faith. And I just imagine it's like, regardless, he like Courtney was still pregnant. But the Lord did something so much in me at that point to where it was like, he was like, Kenneth, imagine if you never did that, you know, if you never acted out your faith, you know, you, you, you still would have gotten the promise of your son, Samuel, but your faith wouldn't have been as, um, not as activated, but like, as like intertwined in the story. He's like, I I want you to be a part of the story. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm faithful but I want, I want to use your faith right now. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, it was so cool to see that happen and finding out, especially that's one of the things we started laughing about more. So over those few, few days after we found out she was pregnant, was like, Oh my gosh, I was talking to Samuel. Like what the <laughs> heck? Um, but yeah, but the getting the room ready, all that stuff was like, and when we say that, I mean, it was like getting the nursery ready, you know, our, the our foster kids left us and we were like, Lord, we're just going to get it ready again. We're, we're going to get this really prepared. And, um, you know, I, again, the Lord blesses, like he always like champions whenever faith is exercised. And Mm so, and we're like, Lord, we're just going to exercise faith. Like we don't know what else to do. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, I'm so thankful for like, for the hardships that we went through because I, I mean, it's, I know it's hard for those who are listening who are in the midst of it right now to hear that, 
because it's like, I'm tired of the hardships. I know that there's some who are probably listening. We've been going, struggling with this for, you know, yeah, many years, you know, five, 10 years. I mean, I, I know, I know people who are still struggling with that. And it's like, you know, we, we, we are sensitive to it. Like I remember at the beginning, whenever we were trying to get pregnant, you know, we we would we would be tearing down at church and people would come up to us and it's all meaning well you know they they have good hearts because everyone cared about us but you know it's whenever you're only been married for like a year and a half and everyone's like so when are you gonna have kids you know so when uh so are y'all trying y'all getting practice you know <laughs> all that sort of stuff it's like <laughs> and i can't tell you how many times like um that would happen and then we would leave that this like to go home and courtney would be crying and she would she knows like they everyone means well but it's like she's like i'm doing everything i can i'm doing all that i i know to do it's like quit reminding me (laughs) yeah and so reminding me that i can't do this and so like we've learned just to be very sensitive to that with other people um you know it's it's even like like i'll even say this once once we found out we were pregnant with samuel on december 7th seriously like the weekend was great Monday hit and it was like there was a fear in both of us of like this is too good to be true yeah like, we were we were almost like waiting for something to happen like, yeah and it was yeah because it was like it was like man we've th- this it's it really can't be and you know that began like Courtney's where she experienced like this this great miracle and is now like oh man it's like there's regression there mm-hmm. and so I, I I began to do the same but then I think I told her, I'm like, I'm Courtney, like, I'm not going to give, give the enemy that like, I'm going to stay in on this. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I, the, and this is the part of where that Mark 11, 24, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you've already received it. Mm. Um, it's speaking out. Even if, if you don't feel happy, if you're sad and all you do is speak sadness, like, man, I'm having a cruddy day. Um, man, this, this just stinks, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Your day's probably not going to get better. Because you're just you're speaking the the negativity and, and all that over your life. And I know that sounds so like, you know, maybe Eastern culture of like of, of stuff, but it's it's so true. It's so it's in scripture, like speak life over people. And so even though I did not, I was feeling a little bit of the fear, I would speak against the fear and remind myself of the great thing the Lord was doing. And I would do it every day, every moment. I would have I would have to take those thoughts captive, as it says in I think it's in Colossians, like take every thought captive and and um I would not let it take root. Um and then two minutes later it would happen again and I take it captive. It was it was constant. You constantly had to be engaged with yeah. your thoughts, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I'll say like um there was there was a huge attack on me personally. Um, and maybe this is like a part two or something, but there, there was a huge attack on the enemy, um, or from the enemy on me once I got pregnant and in my mind and in, um, in guilt and in shame and in living in, in regrets of past mistakes. Um, and it out of nowhere, you know, and it's the enemy did not want me to enjoy my pregnancy. The enemy did not, you know, and, um, so it's, it was, we constantly had to take captive every thought and every, every, every emotion, even mm-hmm. every, um, anything that, that came against us. And so, um, you know, but 
I'll tell you what, once I gave birth to Samuel, all that dropped off like that. Mm -hmm. And I haven't felt a day of guilt or shame since. And I haven't felt Mm -hmm. um, the hovering of darkness over me like I did in that moment since. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's really, it's, it's just really cool. And I, I feel like since we've, we've gone through this, I, I feel like the Lord obviously has given me sense, like a sensitive spirit to it. But like two, um, two women who feel as if they're stuck or feel like they're struggling. And, um, I, I, I feel like he's, well, I know he's given me visions of, of particular women. He's given me, um, dreams of particular women that I pray for. Um, he's just, he's, he just puts them in my mind to pray for them and, um, and to pray for joy in the journey and, and to pray, you know, for, for hope whenever I'm sure that they are experiencing hopelessness. And so I just want to let you know, like, if you feel like that and you're watching, if you are, you know, are struggling or you feel stuck or you feel hurt from, um, from lack in your life, um, we are praying for you. We, we, we have been like we, and it's, it's one of those, like, I hate to be one of those people that's like, yeah, we've been there. We know how you feel because that doesn't help. <laughs> I know it doesn't. Yeah. Like I've had people tell me that too. Like, so we won't even, say that to you. Yeah, you know? like even with the most genuine heart, like friends and family of mine who have gone through infertility, like like telling me, like I know how you feel. Like I've been there, and I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> you know, like I that doesn't make me feel better. And, and like, and it's nothing against them. Again, it's like, what do you say? You know, mm. sometimes you just you just weep with people who are weeping and you rejoice with people who are rejoicing. And sometimes you just, it's praying in the spirit with them and not having the words and relying on the Holy spirit to intercede for you. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it is a journey, but find joy in the journey. Mm-hmm. Want, want the promise giver more than the promise. And, and I promise you mm-hmm. that he will give you your heart's desires and mm-hmm. he, he, he desires for you to live in abundance and not in lack. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he's whenever he's, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. As long as he is the one at the forefront, it's, it becomes a thing. Like you understand he's actually giving you the desires, like the desires that you have in you is it's only there because he is putting it in you to have. And so, um, our word of encouragement to you is like, just keep him at the forefront. You know, don't, don't shy away. If you, you're going to have days where you may struggle in faith and struggle to, um, just continue the persistence and praying and, and all that. But always come back to, if, if there's anything you can come back to, even after you, you're be honest with the Lord, say, Lord, I'm ticked off at you. I've been on this for 10 years and nothing's happening. I can't stand it. I'm frustrated. I don't know why this is happening. I don't, I don't understand why all my other friends are getting pregnant, but I'm not able to, I don't understand why blah, 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 whatever, whatever. I encourage you at the end of that, put a, put a phrase in there where you say, but God, you are, I know you're good and force yourself to say it like, seriously, even if you don't believe it, seriously, if you do not believe it, whenever you force yourself to speak out his truth and his word, um, like the atmosphere is going to begin to shift and he's going to see that, that mustard seed faith to where you're like, you just poured out your whole heart to him. You emptied out everything. And then you come back and said, but God, you are still good. 
and now that you've poured it all out now he's like now let me fill you up okay and so i i just think that's um i just don't like let me say this way take another pregnancy test please take another pregnancy test don't don't stop buying them take another one okay and don't get so fixated on on the fact of like Kenneth told me to take another pregnancy test and it's still not happening. No. It's Kenneth's fault. <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to keep the persistence, maintain faith to say like, Lord, I am coming in. I'm going to take this pregnancy test today and I'm going to expect for there to be a miracle today. And if it doesn't happen, but God, you are still good. And then the next month, Lord, I'm going to take another pregnancy test today. Um, and if it doesn't happen, God, you are still good. And it's that Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego faith. Like the uh, there's another in the fire. He's showing up there for you. So yeah, he's gonna show up when you least expect it. Yeah, because so. he's 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 in the waiting. He is in the waiting. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to add? Or I I have some final thoughts. I I, I think it, <coughs> excuse me. I think some of these um, I'll actually share later on in the week, just on like some small clips on on Facebook, um, specifically like. I encourage like husbands listen to this podcast because um, there is a you are the spiritual leader of your home. You need to shut and please like just shepherd your wife, not to the promise, but uh, like Courtney said, to the promise giver. So, um, so yeah, there's some stuff I want to share there. Um, I we don't really ask for this much on this uh, on on the channel but please share this episode like because all of this what we're talking about is just a testimony of God's glory being displayed in our lives and so we fully believe that this episode will become an altar for you and the ones who are struggling with um, for you mothers to be let me say it I want to speak it over you for you mothers to be, this will be an altar over you to come back to, to where you're going to listen to this and you'll be like, this was the thing I heard that changed it all. Not because it was Kenneth or Courtney, but because of the testimony of Jesus in and through their lives. So please, please, please share this episode. Not for selfish gain. Like seriously, not for selfish gain. Just please share it because I guarantee you, you're probably one person away from without knowing that someone is not able to get pregnant and is struggling with that. Um, and just because you're not struggling, this is such a good episode for you to learn like, okay, pray life over them, like prophetically speak over them, all this stuff. Um, so yeah, again, please share the episode. Um, I have a few things like just like one or two quick points and then do you have anything else you want to do? So I want to share, um, just something for you to hold on to. Uh, the, fi- the the breakthrough was not the pregnancy. The breakthrough was him. The breakthrough was the Lord. So I, we hope that you have understood that, but that you also understand um, that, that the pregnancy was the fruit of our faith. And it was the persistence that we co-labored with him. Um, interesting that word co-labor, like... <laughs> You go through labor, laboring pains and all that. In the same way that, listen, this is so good. In the same way that you are, Courtney can testify to this from um, Oliver, (laughs) but the pain of childbirth and what you experienced, I I don't understand it, but but being in the room, seeing the pain she went through 
I knew that as soon as she held Oliver, as soon as she would hold Samuel, that it would all be worth it. And so push through the pain, prophetically push through the pain of the season, push through the pain of the pregnancy that you're going to have. Um, just, oops, sorry, phone's ringing. Someone's trying to get in touch with us. Uh, push through it all, okay? Uh, let me share this quick passage of scripture with you. Um, and then, and then I'll hand it back off to Courtney to close it out. Uh, this is the this, this is Isaiah fifty four verses one through three. This is the passage of scripture that totally shifted us in the season. So we're going to be praying this over you um, over the next few weeks, especially. But it says this: It says, "Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song and shout for joy, you who were you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman." Then of her who has a husband, says the Lord, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your, your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen the cords, strengthen the stakes, for you will spread out from the right and to the left. Your descendants will, um, will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So all that to say, praise before your breakthrough, give worship the Lord as if you have it, and praise him regardless of your circumstance because you know that he is faithful and that he has promises to give you. Yes. And just because you haven't experienced the fruition of that promise does not mean the promise is not there. So sing out, go into song, go into the secret place, shout for joy, burst into song. Um, understand he's what this saying in Isaiah is you who ne- were never in labor, you will bear more children than, than the woman who has a husband that there's it's just very prophetic enlarge the place of your tent get the room ready please get your room ready get the nursery ready um pray in that room pray for your baby by name pray um for their spouses pray further than just your baby pray for their spouses then pray for your grandchildren pray pray for all of that um and watch the the fruit of your faith just like really bring forth the miracles that god is ready to pour out so so yeah yeah, um, I, I just want to take time um, to close out and, and pray over y'all real quick. Um, I specifically am going to be praying for um, for women who um, are going through a similar journey that we went through. But um, I would just um, I would just encourage you to to ask the Lord to um, reveal people to you if you aren't experiencing what we went through. Ask the Lord to reveal who you need to pray this over. Um, but I, w- I would just pray, you know, over these women in general. So um, if y'all just join me, Lord, I thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you um, for this day that you've given us, Lord. Um, I thank you for your grace. Lord, I ask that you, you would bless each person that's listening to this podcast. Um, I ask that the joy of the Lord would just fall on them, that you would just be their strength, God, that you would just, you would, you would dance with them, that you would just move with them, God. Um, I, I pray for the women and even the men struggling with infertility. Um feeling as if there's no hope, Lord, lift their heads up today. Let them find joy and delight in you, um, that, that they would surrender all their dreams, all their ambitions, God, all their, um, all their wants and desires over to you, Lord, and that they would lay them at your feet, Lord, that they would be so in love with you that you would consume every thought, that their only desire would be you. You're, you're our living hope, God. You are, um, you are always present with us. You are always with us, Lord. I, I declare that this year, that now yes, would be the year yes. that, that babies are born, yeah. God, that adoptions are even happening, Lord. Um, 
that there would be an increase and a growth in the family unit, God, for your kingdom in Jesus' name, and that these children would uh, that are born would just have such a huge impact that um, in in their spouses, Lord, that that together that they would impact the kingdom of God in the next generation, Lord, um, use them bless them, protect them, guide them, God. I ask for a blessing on the mothers and fathers of these babies that are going to be born this year, Lord, that um, they would just have such a, a passion that would stir up for you, a fire, Lord, that would just um, would, would just ignite in, in their homes, Lord, that um, miracle signs and wonders yes, would surround them, that the Holy Spirit would fall on them in Jesus' name. Lord, you are always good. Even, even when, whenever we don't know what's going on, the circumstances seem hopeless, God, you are good. Lord, we rest in you. We delight in you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. There is none like you. There is none like you, Lord. We love you. Lord, let us find joy in the journey. Let us find hope in the waiting, God. And that knowing that you have a plan for us that is always, 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 always good, God. And so, um, I, I pray and declare, God, that these women would find rest in this moment, Lord, that they would find release in this moment from any um, assignment that the enemy has had on their minds, God, and on their um, on their on their futures, Lord. And I just I just ask God that you would just hover over them, Lord, and that you would just show them that light that is Jesus at the end of a tunnel, God, and just let them chase after Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for watching. We appreciate um, yes. we appreciate all the support, and uh, we will see you next time. Yeah, see you all later. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.